0: Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
1: Of course, around the world, economies are in the deepest recessions of the past hundred years. And while the economy is going to be our discussion today, our hearts certainly go out to those who've lost loved ones. Another nineteen deaths in the last twenty-four hours in Victoria alone and The economy has come to what feels like a standstill. In Australia, where our economy is being bolstered by the biggest ever government stimulus, there are fears that the real pain is still ahead of us. So let's get a focus today on the economic storm. Some are comparing the present circumstance to being in the eye of a hurricane. And for Aussies, we like to think of being in the eye of a cyclone. Of course, they're very similar. The eye of a hurricane, the eye of a cyclone. But when the winds are blowing one way, there's calm in the eye of the storm before the winds blow again and sometimes from a different direction. A conversation today about where we may be in the cycle of the economic corona crisis. And of course, there are concerns that in the next bad patch, things will get even tougher for many Australians. So how do we prepare for economic pain? And what advantages are there in having faith and hope in God? ...as we prepare for a challenging environment. Alex Cook is founder of Wealth With Purpose. It's an organisation that equips Christian believers to honour God with their finances... ...and teaching sound financial planning skills based on the wisdom of the Bible. So there's plenty to glean from great wisdom over this next hour... ...and my invitation is to you to be part of our conversation. Shortly we'll open our talkback line... But you can also respond to a Facebook question today that asks in the current COVID-19 health and economic crisis, do you think the worst is yet to come? You can answer that poll question and I encourage you to leave a response in the comments section and communicate and engage with other listeners to the conversation we'll hear over this next hour. Alex Cook, founder of Wealth With Purpose, a special welcome back to 2020.
0: Thanks, Neil. Great to
1: be back with you. Alex, love our conversations. Uh, Common sense, feet on the ground, uh, negatives as well as positives. And uh, let's talk about the economy before we get into uh, some of the other issues around being in the eye of a storm. But our economy wasn't really especially in great shape before the coronavirus crisis. And then with lockdowns, uh, the impact is so dramatic. Give us your impression of where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, look, it's a great question. And uh, coming back to just a comment you made about where we were prior to corona, I think that's actually really important to understand, is that the Western world was already very fragile. I mean, ever since uh, the global financial crisis, whenever there's been a setback, governments step in and do enormous stimulus whether it's money printing or you know running huge uh, huge budget deficits. so this has been going on really for a long time the problems have been building up so much so that in australia prior to corona hitting in you know january this year we were the second most indebted households on earth so australians I love debt, and most of that's in house prices. You know, no secret. The Australian house prices are extremely high. So that was all that was well and truly in place before Corona. Um, and of course, the other thing is, once again, this is one of those things that often surprises people. But fifty percent of the population live month to month. So when the lockdowns occur, and I mean, I'll never forget those initial footage. Of the Centrelink queues, um, just when the coronavirus hit, and we had all these massive waves of companies like Qantas standing people down, uh, simply because you know their businesses had ground to a halt. So we saw those massive queues, and a million people went on that Job Seeker program initially, um, and then uh, three million, or I think it's nearly three and a half million, on JobKeeper to keep people employed, which, of course, kind of hide the real unemployment rate. So we were were fragile going into it, and then what this has done with these lockdowns has really exposed, um, you know, the real, you know, what's um, the the underlying poor financial health of most, of many Australians, but also of the economy itself. So, yeah, some some big challenges.
1: Okay, let's bring in early in our conversation here, because... I feel like when we have these sorts of conversations, uh, we are going to focus on a lot of negatives. And for those who are really in the crunch right now, I want to bring some hope into the conversation early on. The idea of being a Christian believer, having faith, having hope in God, Uh, and what that means in a tangible way to the way we think about our financial position right now. I wonder if you've got some thoughts, perhaps some encouragement for people who are doing it tough right now, Alex.
0: Yeah, no, look, absolutely. In fact, the thing I've just been reflecting on through all this is, you know, what is God really trying to show us? And I think one of the things in the Western world is we've become very self-sufficient. We've become, we kind of think we can do it all on our own. Um, Whereas in the third world, often they, they need God to show up in order to survive. And so I think what's exposed is our, very much our self-dependence, and I think what God is really trying to do here is draw us back to being uh, dependent on Him, and that's something we, uh, I think we need to draw closer to Him. I actually think He's trying to draw His people back to Him uh, and so that we build genuine relationships with Him. You know, We live in a culture that's extremely busy all the time. Everyone's running around. Uh, you know, we're very, we, we work hard, we you know, play hard for one of the better expression. Um, and uh, God often gets the, the scraps, if you like, of our time and, and often of our money too. So I think um, he's drawing us back and he's trying to give us that eternal focus. I mean, the thing that's come across the world at the moment is this real spirit of fear. You know, a lot of people worried obviously about their health, a lot of people worried about their money, Uh, And so that that sort of engulfed the world. And so as Christians, we have an opportunity here, A, to reach out and help people and meet their needs, but also to draw closer to God um, and build our relationship with Him so that it becomes unshakable. Because I think that, you know, we're in this storm and as you mentioned before, it's kind of like a hurricane. <laughs> um, you know, we're kind of in the centre at the moment. We had that initial stock market crash and so forth and then and we went to lockdown and then a bit of ray of sunshine came out and we thought, oh, it's going to go back to normal. You know, and then now things are starting to look a bit shakier again as the stimulus subsides and, you know, Victoria's gone back into lockdown and so forth and there's like a, obviously a massive increase in in the virus there. So, I think uh, it's got a long way to play out, but it's also a massive opportunity for us to draw closer to him and focus on things of eternity. I think in the, 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 you know, a culture like Australia, it's been so easy for so long uh, in terms of, you know, it's a very comfortable place to live, um, it's a very blessed country, and we've become too comfortable as believers. And I think that God, if you like, is allowing the rug to be pulled out, uh, and that's going to force us to, to come to him, uh, to get on our knees, uh, to humble ourselves, um, and to, to, uh, to seek him for our provision rather than seeking the world and to trust in him and to not buy into all the fear and so forth. Because even though the economic stuff is a bit you know, depressing, um, we shouldn't be fearful as all leaders. And we should be thinking, of how do we help each other? And also then, how do we help our communities as well? So well, I actually think it's a time of great opportunity. Um, but you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that people do have their fears and we need to help them through
1: And none of us likes the idea of pain, financial pain. Uh, Lots of people are in the middle of that, and we're in the middle of financial pain even before the whole coronavirus uh, lockdowns hit. Uh, But very interested in what you're saying here, and I'd like to invite listeners to perhaps respond here, the idea of what is God saying uh, when this sort of thing happens, and no doubt we'll reflect on that some more through this coming hour. People talk about asking this question, how long will all this last? Because with the government support that's come through the stimulus package and some people doing better than ever because of some government support money, Uh, feeling like everything's going to bounce back at the end of September. And, of course, uh, I think uh, Blind Freddy can see it's not going to be the case there. But uh, a lot of people are saying, how long will this last? Can hardly wait till 2020's gone. Looking forward to 2021. Uh, What about uh, thoughts here as we get things underway here, Alex, about how long you think this crisis could go on?
0: Yeah, look, it's a great question. Uh, there's a few ways of answering it. I think that the, probably the more obvious one is that nobody really knows. I mean, I think everyone's guessing to some degree. Um, but there's probably two ways of thinking. I think Scott Morrison hit it on the head a couple of months ago when he said, we've got two crises here. We've got a health crisis and we've got a uh, you know an economic one. I think the, the health one will come and go. And that That depends on, of course, how they handle it. It seems we've got this sort of suppression strategy at the moment rather than letting it go wild. um, And therefore, that's going to take time to go through the system. And of course, they're waiting for vaccines and all these sort of things. So I'm guessing that that probably has a two to three year horizon to play out um, from a health perspective. That'd be my guess. Um, Economically, though, it's a different scenario. I think we're only really at the beginning, unfortunately, of the downturn. Uh, we're seeing all sorts of things happen. Obviously, unemployment spiked, um, but the big unknown is what's going to happen over the next couple of months when all the stimulus subsides. So, the JobKeeper and the JobSeeker those programs they're going to continue, but at much lower levels. Um, of course, there's risk of more lockdowns, which will send. And this is a real, I guess, human tragedy here: is that many businesses will um, will go go broke and will never reopen. Um, But the other big thing is, uh, and one thing that concerns me is the the banking sector, because 11% of uh, home loans uh, are are on payment holiday, so 11% of loans. Now, if you took property investment loans, so people who are property investors, a third of those are on payment holiday. That's a huge number of property investors. And of those that have property investment loans, half are negatively geared. Now, what that simply means in in simple terms is that they're losing money tax effectively. Negative gearing just means that the amount you're paying out in expenses and mortgage and so forth is less than what you're bringing in in the form of rent. Uh, And so that's going to put a huge number of uh, people under pressure. In fact, I think it's about one and a half million households that are negatively geared. Uh, And so that could take on. So I'm expecting. That the economy, in fact, one of the regulators came out, um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, and said, we don't have enough insolvency accountants to deal with the number of businesses that are going to go broke over the next uh, year or two. Um, And so I think the real uh, economic damage you're going to see in early next year, I think that's when you'll really see it hit hard. Um, And then I think, unfortunately, I think it will take a decade to ever recover to where it was because um, all this stimulus and that can't last forever. You know, we've racked up, I think the government's borrowed, what, $150 billion in the last couple of months to try and stimulate the economy and keep everything going. Uh, and that's just not sustainable. Um, and so it's going to take a long time to recover, which, you know, uh, appreciate is depressing, but there's going to be fabulous opportunities in that. So, so there's all sorts of things that we can talk about from an opportunity point of view. One is the opportunity of the church, I think, to recalibrate and re-look at how we do the Great Commission. So that's a huge opportunity. There'll be investment opportunities because markets and things like that, which at the moment look very expensive, things will get cheaper. You know, one of the sad things I've found for young people in Australia is the breathtaking cost of housing is so overpriced and so expensive and so unfair for young people. That will change because houses are going to come down. So there's all these sort of things that will create huge opportunities. Um, Both, as I say, from a Christian perspective and the ability to reach people who are in need, but as well as uh, in terms of economic stuff as well. So it's important to never buy into the fear because even though, yes, things will get tougher, there will be fabulous opportunities here. So the question is how do you, in some ways, prepare for that? How do you make sure your finances are reasonably well? Protected? How do you uh, take advantage of um, some of the opportunities as they arise? You know, new businesses will start, new industries will start, all sorts of things will happen um, that will create uh, opportunities for us. So, yes, it's going to get tough, and yes, I do think it'll take a decade to recover. But there'll be lots of fabulous opportunities along the way and great gospel opportunities as well. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Alex Cook
1: is our guest this hour, founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex, we're often... Uh, considering different dimensions when it comes to finances and uh, we will talk opportunities for people who have something to invest but I do want to uh, just touch on here for a few moments those who are at the uh, the other end uh, where you've got the Reserve Bank releasing its official forecasts for the unemployment rate saying it's likely to hit 10% by December. So those who have been living week to week, uh, just scratching through with a wage and some uncertainty around those sorts of support payments that are coming from the government, they might be feeling right now as though, uh, don't talk to me about uh, investment opportunities, uh, tell me how I can survive. Let's talk to people who are feeling right now as though they're really in the crunch and uh, finding it very difficult to deal with whatever circumstances might come. What are your thoughts for those at the lower socioeconomic end?
0: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Look, Whole range of things here. Firstly, I think um, the thing you want to start doing is building a plan. Okay, so you, you need to actually sit down and map out what you what you're going to do. And by that, I mean there's a couple of areas that you want to look at. The first thing you want to do is do a budget. And that may sound a simple sort of thing to do in the sense of uh, a simplistic thing to say, but the reality is what we need to do is get a hold of our spending. So people can go to our website and actually download a free budget planner um, at wealthandpurpose.com. But on that budget planner, what we want to do here is we want to work out how we're spending our money. Because one of the key issues is that most people struggle to get ahead with money because of the way they behave with money. In our society, We've got that whole tap-and-go culture now, so it's very easy to get into credit card debt. It's very easy to spend money. And the way to succeed financially is firstly, obviously, to have the biblical thinking that the money we have is God's and that he's our provider. So that's the starting point. But the second thing is how we behave with money will determine how successful we become with it. And so what we want to do is get control, if you like, over our behavior And so what I encourage with budgeting is to obviously work out how you're spending, look for opportunities to cut out any waste. So some expenses, you know, fixed, you can't change them very easily. For example, you can't change your mortgage easily, although there may be great opportunities at the moment to refinance. So that's something we can talk about in a moment. Um, But some expenses are variable. So there are things that you don't necessarily need. You don't necessarily need Foxtel, for example, all these sort of things. There are things we can cut out that we don't have to have. So we we need to get a hold of our spending. The other thing to do is to put the right structures in place. So, for example, there's a real temptation when we get money in our bank account just to spend everything that's there. And so what I suggest people do is they have multiple bank accounts for different things. So one is your emergency reserves. So we're talking about tough times ahead potentially or some people already feel that they're already in that, is having cash reserves so that you can meet needs of, of your your loved ones uh, if you did lose your job and things like that. So building that up as much as you can and having it in a, in a separate account that you don't touch unless you really need it. Um, now, you might have things in your garage that you don't need anymore that you can sell off on Gumtree to, to get some cash reserves to build up. To build up that initial, um, uh, you know, war chest, if you like, for the future, then you might have another account that's for long-term saving. This is the where you want to set aside a portion of your income for, for the future, for whether it's uh, you know particular goals that you have, could be you know kids' education, retirement. Um, start, you know, money you want to use to start a, you know, a Christian charity, whatever, whatever it is that you feel that you, you know, God's put on your heart that you need to sow into that kind of thing. So, having that structure in place is very, very important because how you behave with your money will have a huge determinant on your success. the The other area that I think people need to get a, a grip on is debt. Um, I would encourage people to cut up the credit card. Don't treat it as an emergency fund because in an emergency, it'll just rack up huge amounts of interest and it'll be very hard to repay. Build up cash reserves instead. Uh, Given the season that we're in, there may be opportunities to refinance your home loans. I mean, if you'd said 10 years ago that mortgage rates would come down to 2%, no one would have believed you, but, but here we are. So maybe there's a chance to refinance your debt at much lower rates so that you're reducing how much you repay. But what I would encourage you to do is keep paying even at the higher level than what your rates are. And that way you're paying more of your home loan off and building up your equity, building up your offset account if you have one of those, or building up your redraw facility. So that way you've got giving yourself a cash buffer. So trying to build up these reserves um, and protect our families, just if we go into a season where you're out of work for a little bit, uh, and so forth, because the, you know these are some of the things that can happen. So having this clear debt plan and a clear spending plan are the two big areas I think people should focus on.
1: Wow. It's like a major reorientation of your life. Uh, if that's the first time you're hearing about these sorts of practical ideas about how to get things ready for a tough time ahead, uh, a lot of people will be saying, that sounds too hard for me. Uh, but you've seen this happen in people's lives. You've seen this plan working, Alex. Uh, uh, how, yeah, does it, how does look, it affect uh, whole families yeah. need to get on the same page, no doubt?
0: Yeah, look, absolutely. Firstly, look, there's truckloads of free resources out there to learn things. I mean, I think sometimes people uh, think of money as being more complex than it is. So I want to encourage people to to actually say look money is actually quite simple what we want to have is a basic spending plan and a basic get out of debt plan and and keep it simple don't don't try and get too complicated here just have simple plans to get yourself in order um and also i was just thinking as we're talking about debt before if you do find yourself you have very high levels of debt um, particularly credit card debt, I'd really encourage you to pick up the phone and call an organisation like Christians Against Poverty who can help you uh, refinance some of that debt and help you deal with creditors and so forth. So if you do feel you're really in crisis already, please don't don't just sit there and um, and do nothing. Please get on the phone and get help. So uh, an organisation like Christians Against Poverty can fab, uh, really fabulous and really help people who are in that serious credit card debt. Um, yeah, because as I say, it's, it's just keeping it simple and, and having a proper plan in place to, to put the right structures in place and, and plan for a different season that we're heading into.
1: A few minutes out from the news, let's come back to perhaps a biblical foundation for the sorts of things you're talking about today, Alex, because sometimes we think the Bible is a book, you know, it's, uh, it's uh, 2,000 years old, and uh, what wisdom could there be from God in his revelation in the Bible? But uh, these principles you're talking about now, they have their foundations in the Bible. But uh, what what can you share with us about what the Bible teaches us about about approaching hard times?
0: Yeah, look, uh, look there's heaps of things in there. So, I mean, it often surprises Christians discover there's something like 2,350 verses on money, wealth, and possessions. Okay, so it's a massive, massive area of great wisdom that we can draw on from Scripture. But let me just give you a few just to, to think through. So one one that we have, we will love, Matthew six thirty three: seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So in other words, the key here is to not fall back into fear but rather to put God first in your life and prioritizing his kingdom over earthly things. And that's a, the that's a big problem I think we have in the Western world. We tend to prioritise earthly things over kingdom things. So we many of us need to reorientate our finances and put God first. Okay, that, that's very, very important because if you don't do that, it's hard to expect that God's going to provide for you if we're just living the world's way. So we need to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's the first thing. Second thing, you know, Proverbs talks about uh, seeking uh, seeking advice from many counsellors. Um, I think it's Proverbs fifteen uh, for, I'll stop my head for Proverbs fifteen eight. But get advice um, and that could be whether it's advice around debt I'm seeing all those different areas <laughs> people <laughs> for help. Do not be afraid. There
1: is Alex, uh, just breaking up a little bit there on your phone, just to uh, see if you can adjust things here for us.
0: Alex? OK, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, OK, I'll see if we can... Uh, miss
1: that last adjust. point. I think it was important. I think there'll be listeners hanging on to that. So uh, just uh, <laughs> what were you just sharing there?
0: Yeah, just about getting advice, the need to, to get uh, help. You know, Postert talks about the fact that there is wisdom in many counsellors um, and so, by seeking advice in different areas of our finances, so for some of us, we benefit from what our accountants can help us with. Some of us, you know, may benefit from uh, people who can provide us help with our debts. Some people might benefit from, uh, you know, financial planning advice. Be willing to to seek out help so that you can make wise uh, financial decisions. Um, so there's a whole range of things uh, we can do. Um, You know, one of my favorites is in Ecclesiastes uh, 11 verse 2. It says, invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. So there's a whole idea of diversifying your money.
1: Alex, we want to talk about some of the positives. Uh, We did say that when there's a storm with a dark cloud, uh, there may be a silver lining there. We've talked about how you deal with things when things are really tight. You're in crisis right now with your finances. But we want to talk about some of the opportunities that are created when there is an economic downturn like there is right now. Uh, Churches, of course, are not out to make a fortune but out to capitalize on mission opportunities to bring the message of the gospel. Let's start uh, just talking about some of the opportunities that are there right now, that perhaps there'll be some who've got some blinkers on and not seeing the opportunity. What are your thoughts for churches uh, in a time like this?
0: Yeah, look, it's a massive opportunity. But let me start with a scripture, because I think this scripture really... Um, gives us some direction. and So it's looking at the early church. It's one of my favourites I I like to quote often, and that's from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, because it gives you an insight into how the early church operated and how I think there's an opportunity for us to, to get back to some of that grassroots kind of stuff. So I'll read it out. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostle teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Now, there is so much uh, richness in that. Let me draw some of them out. So I think uh, the coronavirus has exposed things And it's made us realize that we are in a time of great need. And so it says here, the believers were together and had everything in common. So as believers, we need to break down this sort of individualistic culture that we have in the West and realize that we need to share everything that we have. You know, we tend to think of things as being ours, you know, my house, my car. Well, what can you do to share what you've got? That's the first thing. And the second thing is here is often when we think about giving in the church context, we think about giving out of our income. And of course, that's a good thing. We should give out of our income. But here they went one step further. It says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So in our churches, we should be encouraging people to potentially part with some of their property or some of their possessions so that needs can be met, not only within the church, but outside of the four walls of the church as well. So there's lots of things we can do there. The other thing is it says...
1: I was going to say, uh, you know, there is a time and a season for the accumulation of wealth and there's a time and a season for when that wealth may well be called upon. And uh, you're saying here, if you take that lesson from Acts, uh, there is potentially a time ahead when uh, significant uh, means that we might have might well be used to help the poor.
0: Absolutely. In fact, you make a really good point, Neil, um, about this. Sometimes seasons for accumulating, sometimes seasons for for distributing. And sometimes those seasons obviously happen at the same time. But you're absolutely right. In order to help people, you need to have wealth. And sometimes in the church, we've had a negative view towards that. But now I think is a time to actually say, look, what good can we do with the wealth that God has given us in this nation? Um, And so now's what a fabulous time to actually potentially part with some of the property and possessions that we've accumulated so that we can meet needs.
1: Alex um, lots of things to cover absolutely. here and uh, I don't want to rush us along and uh, you know you feel free to talk about important points if uh, if I'm rushing too fast but let's talk about people who are in business because uh, there are a lot of businesses as you indicated as we were talking some pretty negative stuff in our introduction that will go broke in the coming times and uh, that'll just be a natural consequence of the fact that there is a, a deepening crisis in the economy. But Uh, If you're in small business right now, are there some things that you should do to prepare?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I tend to break it in two categories. I break it in what I call defensive strategies and offensive strategies. How do you first protect your business? So what are the sort of things you should be doing to make sure you stay in business? So obviously in times like this, you need to be very careful with your staff levels because they um, are your greatest resource on the one hand, but also, you know, they cost, uh, cost money. And if you're not getting in the revenue, at what point do you have to make some very tough decisions? So that's a really brutal thing for small business owners but building up um, cash reserves also in your business so that if you go into lockdown again, for example, uh, you can survive through that through that season. So that's some of the more, I guess, if you like, defensive things. How do you protect your business and ensure that it survives?
1: And so but the opportunities, think, yep, in the offensive. Yeah, but then yep.
0: there's the offensive. So the opportunity is what, where our society is heading. What, what, where can you take your business in terms of new revenue streams? So the one thing we always do, both as a ministry and also we have a financial planning business on the side, is say, where are the areas of greatest need that we can now help into? So, for example, we're thinking of releasing a range of new programs uh, to help people. Some of it's to help people in need. So with our financial boot camp that we're about to launch so that people can get uh, help at that basic grassroots level of spending and budgeting and getting out of debt, that kind of thing. But then products for people who are more in a situation where they've got surplus and they want to be able to take advantage of some of these things so it's the same concept in business what new revenue sources if your business has been hit say you've been in a i don't know you're a cafe or a restaurant what sort of things can you do to open up new lines of revenue maybe your restaurant was previously only open for lunch and breakfast maybe you need to open at dinner maybe you need to have takeaway What, what are all the sort of things you can do what are the new revenue streams that you can do are there new types of customers you can target are there new technologies that you can take advantage of? So, us as a ministry, we used to do lots of live seminars and webinars, for, uh, sorry, live seminars and preaching, if you like. But now um, I'm able to be omnipresent, I've discovered, courtesy of Zoom, where I can now preach in two churches at the same time, which is a bizarre concept, um, all because of taking advantage of technology. So, get on the front foot and say, where are the new, rather than thinking, oh, I've just got to survive this, yes, you do. And there's things you've got to do there. But where are the new opportunities going to lay going forward? Do you need to take your business in a a new direction and take advantage of those things? And how can you multiply? One of the key, one of the beautiful areas of scripture is this whole concept of multiplication. How do you grow your business and how do you multiply it Um, so you can have more kingdom impact? So lots of things you can do. But as I say, think in terms of defense first and then offensive. How do you get defensive to protect? and Then offensive to take advantage and, and to grow and, and, and just go forward.
1: quickly before we move on from uh, talking small business, the sort of spirituality that a business owner needs to be able to hear from God. Uh, Because, you know, when we talk about God present in business, uh, we're expecting that there's going to be some level of the supernatural, new ideas, new initiatives, new doors opening, uh, these sorts of things that we're talking about today. Uh, What about the spirituality of a business owner right now facing tougher times?
0: Yeah, no, look, it's and I, I love that word supernatural, and as a, a good friend of mine once said to me, he said, the word supernatural, if you break it up into two, there's the super part, which is the part that God does, and there's the part, the natural part that we do. In other words, we've got to we've got to do our part, and then we've got to draw on God and His power and His strength to do things uh, supernaturally. But let me give you, by the way, of example because I think it's powerful to talk in terms of example. Um, my my wife and I, a number of years, went over to the U.S. To this Conference, and it was very overwhelming because there were 4,000 people, and we weren't sure how on earth we were going to meet the right ones. So every morning we would pray, and we said, God, open the doors to the right people and closed the doors to the wrong ones and we did that each morning and we met some of the most amazing people um and some of the plans that we had um while we're over there we thought oh this is going to be so difficult but God opened doors straight away because of that and it's by drawing on God and his power and seeking him for his help um and I think the classic mistake that business people make, small business people especially, is they're running themselves ragged and they're not spending the time with God. They're too busy to pray, they're too busy to do this, too busy, and, because, and they miss out on the God element in their business. Whereas if, if you slow down for a minute and actually said, no, I need God here, God. I need you, God, to turn up in my business... And that starts every morning. You know, that's something you do every morning. You get up and you get on your knees and you pray and you worship God in your room and you seek God for his, uh, for his help and seek God for his wisdom. That's an everyday thing and that's where you start. Uh, and you've got to put the time into it because if you don't, you won't get the fruit. You're just going to be burning yourself out. And that's a real danger, I think, in this time where things are tough. You end up running yourself more ragged just trying to survive. Well, when God is willing to help you anyway. A
1: powerful concept, uh, the idea of less of me, more of him, and that opportunity then uh, to deepen your own spirituality, your own relationship with God, uh, the way that you are as a Christian business leader, business owner, uh, that how God will be a part of your business. And uh, we should assume that God wants our businesses to flourish. So with him as partner, that's going to be an ideal Partnership. Uh, When you talk about that sort of thing, Uh, you know, God partnering in your business—is that uh, too spooky for some people? What are your thoughts here, Alex?
0: (laughs) No, absolutely. In fact, we've got a whole range of courses all about that. Um, so I'm a great believer that Christians need to transition from this mentality of just being a Christian in business, whereby we think we turn up and all we do is be nice people and, and just have integrity. We've actually got to go from that small thinking, through, which is, those things are important, but we need to get into kingdom business thinking. We need to realize that our business is in fact a ministry. You know, if you are called to, to the to work in business, then you are called into the ministry of running a kingdom business and uh, to seek God and to use your business as a tool for the Great Commission. Uh, and having that kingdom business mentality is is absolutely critical. You know, we, we tend to compartmentalize our life and we tend to think of Christian things as being on, on Sunday or in home group, that kind of thing, when in fact God is actually calling you, if you're a business person we're talking about here, you are called to be in business when you are at work. You, that's a, your ministry. Uh, and it's a fabulous opportunity to do to good, to, to reach your customers, to reach your suppliers, to reach your staff, uh, and to use the resources that God's given your business to have a kingdom impact. So treat your business as a ministry. Um, you know, it's a It's a powerful thing. Um, and we need to realise that we're all in ministry. As soon as you sign up to becoming a Christian and say, "Hey, I'm, um, you know, thank you, Jesus, for dying for me," as soon as you've done that, you're now on mission. You're now on. You're now on duty. You're now on the front line where God puts you. And if he's put you into business. There's your ministry. A challenging concept,
1: isn't it? Uh, that you well, none of us are any any less of a ministry than the pastor or the priest at our local church. We're all in ministry, and uh, so as we grow in Christ, uh, the way we outwork this way that we're a part of God's kingdom. A powerful concept when you think of the gifts that God has given to you in business. Hey, I know there'll be people who are just holding out. Uh, for the thoughts that you might have about uh, how individuals, uh, you know, you might not be a small business operator, uh, you might not be the one who's running your church and uh, making some strategies around that, but you're thinking, what has he got to say about the property market? What has he got to say about shares? Uh, What about individuals and opportunities? When you are in the eye of a storm, what should we be doing?
0: Yeah, so... To me, the first thing you want to start with is firstly recognizing that what you have is God's and that you're called to steward it. So that's starting with the biblical mentality that whatever God's put in my hand, I have a responsibility to manage it on his behalf. And so that's the starting point, getting that thinking right. Then when it comes to, say, investing that money, we need to look at what does the Bible say? Well, it says... Uh, In Ecclesiastes 11, it says invest in seven ventures, yes in eight, because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. So it's pretty safe to say that the coronavirus is very much a disaster. Uh, And in, in modern day colloquial financial planning, we would call that diversifying your money. So the first thing is you do need to make sure that with what you have that you don't have all your eggs in one basket because people tend to fall in love with investments they you know they love their property or they love their shares and they fall in love and they tend not to diversify because they they think they're onto a good thing so we need to have that diversification uh, principle which we see in scripture Um, but then what we need to say is okay given there are challenging times ahead how do we take advantage of this and one of the things is to always be prepared, have sufficient cash reserves so that if property prices fall, you can potentially take advantage of that. If the share market falls again uh, and I personally, I mean everyone has a different view on these things but I think there's a very high probability of that just simply because the stock market's had this dramatic recovery on the hope that there's a V-shave recovery and I think that's, that's proven, I think that'll be proven very premature uh, and so I think there's more than likely going to be opportunities in the stock market as well. So you need to be prepared. You need to be patient. You know, one of the things the Bible teaches us is patience. Unfortunately, when it comes to investing, people tend to be the exact opposite. They tend to be impatient. Uh, and therefore, they're not willing to get, um, you're not willing to wait to get good returns. And that's something that can get you very unstuck when it comes to investing. You need to take a, have a long-term view and buy good quality investments when you see the opportunities arise and hold on to them. Get You've got to get out of the... One thing that's very important is to get out of this get-rich-quick mentality. That's a very, very dangerous thing. Uh, in fact, in, in Scripture it says, those who are eager to rich get rich won't go unpunished. Um, exactly. So we've got to get rid of that eagerness and focus on being patient, buying good quality, diversifying... Uh, taking advantage of opportunities as they arise um, and not being speculators. You know, as Christians, we're not called to gamble with God's money. We're called to just be, make good, sensible, long-term decisions. And also be prepared to hold money loosely when you see opportunities to give your money. So rather than just accumulate it, when you see opportunities to give it then and give generously and, and hold it loosely uh, is very important as well. We don't just accumulate for no reason. We accumulate so that we can give generously and sow into God's kingdom. To hold it loosely as well.
1: Alex, you on your Wealth with Purpose website, I always do like to uh, just ensure that listeners know there's somewhere to go because I know people will be impressed. To have heard what you're talking about today, being in the eye of the storm, what you do, preparation, uh, not only for uh, survival mode, but also for taking advantage of opportunities when they are there. Uh, the Wealth With Purpose website, uh, what will people find there? Uh, are there some things, uh, some resources that people can get a hold of free? And no doubt there'll be some courses that you could pay for as well. But what's uh, what do you suggest listeners take advantage of today?
0: Yeah, look, there's a lot of great things they can get. So first thing they can do is download a whole heap of free ebooks. Um, and they're for different segments and different needs. So some of it's for getting out of debt, some of it's for just getting started, some of it's for um, for churches and helping them, uh, and some of it's for kingdom businesses. So different uh, things to help different people. Uh, the, the one I always love is that My Toolkit. And that's something where people can use to you know to do budgets and, and have a debt schedule to help them plan and get out of debt. Uh, and there's also a lot of free videos and podcasting content that people can just continue to, to build their biblical knowledge around uh, finances Uh, and then if they really want to take it to the next level and really get serious about it then there's a lot of courses on there too that they can uh, subscribe to um, to really take their knowledge to the next level and uh, manage their money God's way which is what... um, our desire is, so that they can do well themselves and then do good with it. So hey, uh, I know that it?
1: you work with churches closely and uh, you did quip that it was interesting now that you can speak into a whole bunch of churches all at once on a Zoom uh, webinar or a Zoom meeting. Uh, those sorts of things coming up for listeners?
0: Yeah, so what we we run, and we're we're going to be rolling these out on a monthly basis, is what we call our Living with Financial Health webinar series. So we've done a couple of churches now in uh, Victoria and in Queensland. Uh, And what they are, it's a four-week series uh, where we take your members through, usually at night when they'd normally be in a home group, and we do a four-week series where we teach them uh, what the Bible says about money, so some of the spiritual side of money, so issues like you know identity and idolatry and all that kind of stuff about money, uh, as well as the practical side, so how to budget, how to get out of debt, how to control your spending, how to manage money uh, in relationships, um, how to, uh, to give generously, how to plan for the long term, all those sort of things. Um, and so it's designed to help churches to really sow into their members uh, what I call financial health, Um, Because we want to help people to be financially healthy so that they can then get themselves in order and get ahead and so that they can then do good with it. So the key issue is get healthy first so that you can then do good with it and um and bless your church and and of course bless and bless your community and bless others that are in need. Um. Wow.
1: Alex always so good getting your insight and uh, for those that have been listening over this past hour we've had an hour long conversation and we've only scratched the surface on some of these issues around finances. Of where we are in the state of our national economy, uh, what the po- possibilities are uh, that things are coming ahead, and then talking about the opportunities that are there uh, not only for business operators, uh, but for churches and for individuals in all of that. And uh, there's been some wonderful insight, uh, some wonderful wisdom that listeners will be able to take away from our conversation today. But let me just point listeners to the Wealth with Purpose website. Take advantage of some of those uh, free opportunities, free ebooks, the My Toolkit. Uh, the free videos, uh, podcast content. And uh, if you want to take things a little deeper, uh, there are some courses that you can participate in as well. Uh, There's those webinars that Alex is talking about, the Living with Financial Health uh, webinar, the Zoom and uh, Q&A, a a four-week series. There's some wonderful opportunities there, wonderful wisdom to be able to grasp as you're moving forward for you and your family and for your local church and for your small business. Uh, Alex Cook, just appreciate your insights so much. Let's do this again sometime very soon and pick up a different topic, Uh, wealthwithpurpose.com. Alex, thanks for being with us today on 20...
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.